0: the Hospital for the Soul podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are, uh, yeah, we're getting started. We're glad that you joined us. We're Hospital for the Soul podcast where we talk about um, all of life's deepest issues and how uh, Jesus Christ is the remedy to any wounded soul. Today we have got a fantastic friend, friends, plurals, um, across the room in the half-round table, we got the one and only Sean Waters.
1: <laughs> Bro, what is up? What's up, man? Dude. This is awesome.
0: Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here with us. Dane McGrindles also, as you guys know, is here. Um, yeah, we're we, we are super glad to, to have you guys here. Today's going to be um, maybe a little different. It might be super casual. Um, as many of you guys who might know us, we've we've been friends for quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of been doing ministry also for quite a long time mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so, Dane, you and I met when we were in the ninth grade. Ninth grade. So what happened with me is I chickened out because I didn't want to be on the football team because I didn't get any bigger. <laughs> I was, still, <laughs> I was still a runt, and I literally was like an emotional wreck because I didn't want to be squished in high school. And so what I did instead was the manliest thing in the world is doing the swim team. There you go. Yeah, which <laughs> is <It was just laughs> embarrassing, but but not at the same time because we had a great, great time. So that's when I met you, right. Dane. That's when kind of we became friends. Then we kind of— Just started walking with the Lord together, but then through time, we were juniors. We were every every year on the swim team. It was so miserable. We contemplated quitting every year, (laughs) but we didn't quit. We kind of, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, (laughs) and we refused to quit. And then we meet Sean Waters, who was all too conveniently named. Um, it has, because you quit the basketball team yep. to join the swim team to swim. Also
1: a mainly thing to join the swim team. Yeah, team, right, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but but um, aptly named Sean Waters, who became a swimmer. And, and so all of us, basically, that's where we met. That was our origins. And so basically, the Lord's given us an incredible story. And the Lord has done so much in each of our lives. And um, particularly in, in just... How the Lord taught us fellowship, and and true fellowship really, really early on, mm-hmm. even before we got into this world called Kai Alpha, the Lord really gave us um, a strong fellowship. Yeah. And so, Sean, I kind of want to ask you just basically your story. How did you first m- meet Jesus? For and obviously, we I know the story, but I'd like our listeners, our students, to know, and sure. maybe some of your Kingsville folks that are listening in that might later on. Um, how did you meet Jesus? Kind of walk us through that. I know you you were, the Lord spoke to you in your room. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What was that like? What happened? Oh gosh.
1: Well, uh, I didn't really grow up going to church too much, but um, here and there kind of was one of those holiday goers. Honestly, growing up, hated church, um, just didn't want anything to do with God. Uh, Really just tried every phase of my life, you know, Um, was a punk skater and then was a (laughs) Jock wannabe and like all that kind of stuff, preppy boy. Uh-huh. And then, you know, middle of high school, I decided, you know what, I'm going to be like an Eminem wannabe. That's who I wanted to be, was like Eminem. So I started <laughs> hanging around that crowd. Uh, just a lot of crazy things happened. Basically ran away from home for the second time, made a lot of bad decisions, stole money uh, from my parents, you know. And uh, next thing I know, I was in my room, hit rock bottom, lowest of the low. And I thought my life had no purpose, no meaning. I wasn't going anywhere. And uh, I was like, if my life ended right now, nobody would care. Nothing would really matter. And uh, I would have these thoughts that haunted me like every night. And all of a sudden I heard a small whisper in my room and it said, go pick a Bible and read it. And it freaked me out. Uh, I looked all around my house to see if anybody was home. Nobody was home. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> and so I, I didn't know where a Bible was. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking around my house. I find the only old dusty Catholic Bible, which is bigger than the NKJV, like five more books in it, and this huge thick thing. And I, I had never read a book in my life. I hated reading. Yeah. And I had like a third grade reading level in sixth grade. So just awful. <laughs> and I remember opening it up to Genesis 1-1. And I kind of like held out my hands like this and I said, okay, like God, if this is you, then I want to know you and I want to know everything there is about you. Yeah. And I just began to read Genesis 1-1 and all the way through, my heart just began to hunger for God. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to pray except for God, would you give me a girlfriend? And that wasn't working. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I began to really learn how to pray and seek Jesus in my room. I mean, night after night. And then, you know... Uh, one day at a swim meet, this, you know, guy about five ten and a half <laughs> with uh, blonde hair, you know, a little curled to the side a little bit. I had bit. a lot
0: more of it back then. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Comes up to me and asks me, uh, hey, man, do you read the Bible? And I was like, yes, I'm almost done with it. And I'm still like, I had so many questions. And it was Daniel Young. Daniel yeah. Young was the first guy who invited me to a Bible study. And I was just so hungry for Jesus, but I had a lot of questions still mm-hmm. unanswered and a lot of searching that was still going on in my heart. Right, right. And that's when I met you two guys, Dane McGrennells, Daniel Young. Yeah. And we just kind of became best friends from there. And I just remember just asking questions, just hungering for Jesus. And I felt like I was getting saved every day. So Man, and I
0: remember <laughs> that. I remember that process. So this is very important for guys like Dane and I who are church kids from the get-go, right. from the very, very beginning. Now, Dane, remember we got super convicted because we're hanging out with this guy, Sean, who's mm-hmm. a thug <laughs> and who, at what we at, he said, he was Eminem. He said, it. yeah, at one, one point yeah. we were legitimately scared to, to be his friend. Cause we, I thought I was going to get beat up <laughs> yes. and, and I was, I was nervous. So when I go up to Sean and ask him, Hey, uh, uh, you're reading the Bible, and I'm like shaking. Yes. So what you said to me was, "Yes, uh, I have been reading the Bible. In fact, I think um, I want to become a priest." Oh yeah. Which, um, if you know Sean, you're laughing right now yeah. um, because that that's like wild. But I I was I was shocked because I was like, "Wow, this isn't a thug. This is this is like this yeah. guy's like wants to know Jesus." So then you started reading the Bible, and then Dane and I. Started having these conversations in the back, like, like man, we're excited about our friend Sean, and we go up to him, like, hey, like, how much have you read the Bible? And he's like, well, I, I finished it and I'm started over. I'm in Exodus again. <laughs> right. So Dane, like, walk us through that memory.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So bringing it, bringing it back, just I remember Daniel immediately after having that conversation about like, do you read the, uh, do you read the Bible? Yes. He comes to me and it's like, hey, I just had this awesome conversation with Sean. He reads the Bible, and I'm like genuinely like, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. But, um, yeah, um, uh, as church kids, as church goers, um, oftentimes you're, uh, you're spoon fed the Bible in pieces and, mm-hmm. um, different stuff like that, and you hear it all the time, so you you think you're well versed mm-hmm. in the, in the scripture, and um, the why Daniel and I were embarrassed is because we had not. Even come close to read. It. There are plenty no. of books in the yeah. Bible that I only knew by name because I knew the song yeah. from, like Vacation <laughs> Bible School or something like that. Yeah. And so, um, I I remember hearing that, and then probably confirming it uh, with Sean, like, "Hey, for real, you've like read through it?" Like, "Yeah, I'm reading again." And I <laughs> I remember I, I started. It took me three years, but I started um, yeah. reading the Bible from beginning to end right because of those conversations
0: yeah dude sean you like messed us up because it it threw us off of our church kid rhythm because you were so on fire for jesus and i was like like you're you're not supposed to you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to start in john yeah yeah (laughs) and and you're supposed to to like gospel yeah you're supposed to 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 skip ahead and and i am like oh there's nothing meaningful in the old testament so tell me like that was my attitude. Tell me, Sean. Like, why was the Old Testament so like life impacting for you when you were reading through? Because you were yeah. always talking to Dane and I about Old Testament passages. You know, today, you know, you might go to a church or visit a church, and they might be preaching New Testament. Um, you know, eleven months out of the year, and they'll right. kind of ca- occasionally preach. Old te- why is the Old Testament a big deal? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: I I took everything just so serious and literal. I'm like, this is the word of God. Like it was God inspired, God breathed. I think First Timothy shares that or Second Timothy. Yeah. And so I I took it everything so like uh, such a big deal. Like some people are like, oh my God, I can't get through the first five books or Leviticus is just so like repetition. But I'm like, but it shows that God is a God of order. So. Those kind of things just like, I just gravitated towards the Word of God, and I was so hungry to know more of who God was, and I'll never forget being in Dane's room, hmm. and this is a true story, like it was, this is a feral thing, As I remember reading about the sacrificing of animals for your sins, <laughs> and I go to Dane, and I'm like, Dane, like... Am I supposed to? And I was contemplating this yeah. like building an altar. Where am I going to get the stones to build it? And then where am I going to find a goat? Like, I live in a, a suburb, man. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really thinking about this. And I'm, I remember asking Dane, I'm like, hey, man, like, am I supposed to build an altar and sacrifice an animal for my sin? And, and Dane just goes, oh, but he didn't embarrass me. He didn't yeah. go, like, dude, you're crazy. Like, we don't do that anymore. He goes, oh, no, no. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And I remember, like, that night, like, it happened today is i just i think tears were just falling down (laughs) my face and i was like oh my god i'll make sense like jesus paid the ultimate price for sin and it just it wrecked me right there and more of a revelation of who jesus was it it just
0: it rocked my world and those of y'all that are listening you're what you're hearing is a true story this man sean waters (laughs) had not gotten to the new testament yet But this is why I love you so much, dude, is because you are so – serious about being obedient to God. Mm -hmm. You got through the sacrifices in Leviticus, and you're like, I need to be made right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he started researching how expensive it was to buy goats or donkeys or whatever it was, (laughs) (laughs) and you were living in the suburbs. He was literally trying to find out the laws, like is it legal to own livestock in a subdivision, (laughs) so that he could sacrifice it on an altar unto the Lord. Yeah, and then sh- and then Dane coming in to save the day, like, it, and <laughs> now I, there's so much to this because the weight of the sacrifice,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: right, Dane? Like the weight of the sacrificial lamb of God. This is no insignificant thing, is it? Right. Like th- this is a big deal. Jesus was the ultimate sacrificial lamb, paying for our sins.
2: Yeah, um, what what comes to mind honestly is um, Winky Prattney. He talks about um, the the sacrifices in the Old Testament um, and uh, says often times they're they're set up as a visual primer. And uh, so he shares a personal story about accidentally seeing his um, his um, uncles and stuff butchering a, 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 a sheep, not for any religious purpose, just because they wanted to eat it. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me, but. Um, it was. It's really important. I um, just because the um, he said oftentimes what would happen was that um, it w- it was meant to mean something, like um, we we <laughs> Brittany and I have um, four chickens that we've um, named after um, famous women <laughs> in the um, in the Bible or um, just throughout <laughs> history, and it's really fun. But our kids love those chickens. Mm. Now it's very likely. That one day we will eat those chickens. It's very likely. <laughs> Poor little but, guys. But yeah. like our oldest son Ransom, he constantly is asking, like, "Would you really eat one of our chickens?" And he feels it. He feels yeah. that. And so I go back to Old Testament. Just, um, I, I, I think it was meant to mean it's supposed to cost something. Yeah. It's Supposed to be an unblemished, perfect lamb. You're not. Um, you're not bringing up the one with like three legs and all that. You know right. that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, God was showing them. Um, the sacrifice costs yeah. something. yeah and this is what it, this is what your sin costs you. And so um, yeah so I. and I love that man, that revelation that um, somehow the Lord used church boy Dane to, to share to you because I just knew it as like I'd known it since I was three years old. Yeah, Jesus was the yeah. ultimate sacrifice. Right. So it was so fresh yeah. for me to watch somebody realize that yeah. actually meant a whole lot to me. Yeah. Too yeah, <laughs> wow. So
0: church kids, if you're hearing that, you like you you might feel if if you feel spiritually insignificant, the oh, power man. of the gospel in you is is just undeniable. Yes, and and um, you can change the world. Yes, power of the gospel, Jesus, the Holy Spirit through you, right? And so, uh, Sean, there's a quote from Ravi that I've listened to recently that I love. He says he he's talking about. Like, why do we not have a cause to preach the gospel? Do we not have a, a, a reason of reasons to go out there and preach? And he says this, he, this is Robbie Zacharias' uh, advice. He says, you will never lighten any load until you feel the pressure in your own soul. Oh, man. So this, it, you're the person I think of when I see this you'll never lighten any load until you feel the pressure in your own soul what I mean what I, he's meaning by that and what I hear there is you have always had a burden on you you you've as long as you've walked with God you have always had this this burden and this weight um, to advance the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and to preach and to to serve and to love and I want to I want to talk about that a little bit like you you've just always had that about you just sitting still is never enough right. like we have to advance and so what are some yeah. things the lord has like shown you um that because that inspires me like it, when we were kids and it inspires me now it's like how much land can we take yeah and you're always looking that way so yeah um what are some things the lord's spoken to you that have inspired you in that way oh man yeah
1: i am i'm an introvert so if you're watching and you're like i don't like talking to people um I used to walk a different direction to avoid people because I was just, I was so introverted. Um, Even when I got saved, I was like my Bible, Jesus, like in my room alone, like that's all I need. But obviously reading the scripture, realize you can't, you can't keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it was verses like, rarely would a righteous man die for his friends, but Christ demonstrated his love for all that while we were still sinners, Christ Mm -hmm. died for us. And for me to hold that in and not share, it was like almost like it just sometimes just came out, or the Lord put me in situations where it was like inevitable. Like mm-hmm. it was like I'm going to share this with somebody because whether I'm an introvert or not, like the Holy Spirit is going to speak through. Yeah, I mean, He even tells His disciples, don't premeditate on what you're going to say to the Sanhedrin. Mm. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak when it's the right time. Wow. So I leaned heavily on that kind of stuff. I, I knew that I couldn't trust my own strength. I couldn't trust my own background. I failed public speaking in college. <laughs> 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 Who fails public speaking in college? Not Daniel. I mean, no, I, not I, Daniel. I passed right. that class <laughs> with a, like an A plus plus. I mean, uh, I was terrible at it, but I knew that in in y- your weakness, Christ is made strong. Yeah. So I knew that as long as I was willing, that the Lord could work through that. Mm. And that was that was really it. I was just so hungry for. I mean, my family was the first. Victims right. of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. In my yeah. sister's rooms every every oh, night, man. just sharing about God and asking my parents on their porch if they were saved or not. Mm. Because to me, it became reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like life or death. I'm looking at people who don't know Jesus and people who do, and I'm like, there's a clear line of where yeah. the two are headed. And I'm like, someone's got to tell them. Someone's, right. you know, preach the gospel to every creature, the Bible says. Mm. So oh. for me, it was, how could I hold it in, you know? Man.
2: Can I speak to that
1: just a little bit? I'm I'm mainly, I'm
2: thinking about a lot of, um, if you're a student at um, UTRGV, if you live in the Valley, um, you might be able to relate very well to that um, in your own life. Um, Sean's family life with, I mean, his, you know, I know his his family. I know his sisters. They're wonderful. But um, family life you heard first um, was probably worst with him (laughs) he gets saved Mm. um and i got to see firsthand like years and years of um of sean um suffering through things and then but still making his family a priority Mm. and so i just know that um somebody somebody listening is probably going through some family um crud (laughs) yes and um it's, uh, time and persistence and a walk with the Lord. Um, God just doesn't forsake it. And mm-hmm. so, um, I've just seen, um, uh, I've, I've, I've seen his family walk through some tough things, but I've also seen his family come out on the other side, um, walking with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, um, it, I've, I've seen the gospel transform, um, somebody's, life and somebody's family's life and so yeah. Yeah. um anyways i i think somebody's out there to hear that <laughs> yeah. that's
0: that's so true dane because if you are the only believer in your family there like what ravi says here there should be that pressure on on you and and i don't mean an uncomfortable but a an inner aching to that these friends of mine, these family members of mine will be eternity in hell and and if unless they know the gospel and have G and and are told. And and that's that's what's been so remarkable um to to see throughout. So uh we gotta get to to Mexico. Okay. (laughs) So we skip ahead a little bit and um you guys get the bright idea um to like you guys like we have to do we have to tell people about jesus so sean and dane planned a trip to mexico now what i'd like to talk about is a man that impacted our lives greatly by the name of alan yes. owens mm-hmm, this was a missionary in mexico who um built like a, a ministry down there and had all, he did every f- aspect of ministry possible mm-hmm. Um, and he, there's one summer where he was discipling me, and then basically a whole semester he was discipling you guys. Tell mm-hmm. me, what was it about Alan Owens that, that impacted your life and got you closer to Jesus?
1: <laughs> well, it. I remember uh, going to Mexico on like a vacation or something, and I, I looked at the people's faces that were there, and all of a sudden my heart began to break. And the Lord was showing like such a need for the gospel to be ministered and preached to these people. And I remember coming back home and just weeping for for like a week or two. And I and I MySpace messaged Dane. Yeah. MySpace. On MySpace. I said, Dane, I'm going to Mexico to preach the gospel. Do you want to come with me? <laughs> I have yeah. no plan, no idea. And Dane's like, Yes. <laughs> That's his reply back was like, Yes, I'm going. And so Daniel got us connected with Alan Owens. Yeah. Now, sitting with Alan was like i mean i kind of feel like it was like a similar heartbeat yeah he had been praying for a few men to join him Mm -hmm. on a on a mission to go reach indian tribes way up in the mountains of Mm -hmm. mexico and here you are is is we're like two guys willing and able and Mm -hmm. just going lord we'll do whatever you want us to do looking at a man who's willing and able and saying saying the same thing and so he's just like tell us your stories Where'd you come from? And then two days later, went in his truck mm-hmm. and we're driving awesome. 15 hours into Mexico. To Mexico. <laughs> but his his heart forgot. I mean, he woke up at 5 a.m. in the morning every day, set no alarm. That mm-hmm. blew me away. I'm like, yeah. how in the world do you wake up at 5 o'clock yeah. and set no alarm? He's like, I asked the Lord to wake me up in the morning. God <laughs> yeah. gets me up. And I'm like, man,
0: <laughs> I've tried that a few times. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to.
0: Maybe only after jet lag, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God
1: did it. Thank yeah, you. yeah, Christ thank Lord. you, Lord. But yeah. he had such discipline that turned into such a delight with Jesus that was like, I think, just really, and yeah. just a, a just a real love for God every day. and yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I remember, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget Alan Owens and how he invested in our lives. Yeah, mm. we when we were there working on that ranch of his, we were... Um, He woke us up at five in the morning for devotionals. We had to, um, we had, I think it was devotional first, and then we would go to milk goats after (laughs) that. And uh, goats are disgusting creatures. And (laughs) and milking them is even worse. Yes, they're awful. Um, But that was the job. And, and we learned, we learned a lot of stuff um, about that. I remember this was the first time in my life. I've grown up in church my whole life. And, I'm sitting through these Alan Owens, just devotional times. I don't know if he prepared them, but they were like his life dis- discipleship training. And I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm not sleepy. I'm not tired. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he was teaching us just blew me away. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget how how important his discipleship was and... And Dane, feel free to add anything there if you want. It's just, it's just terrific.
2: Yeah. I, I think the big thing with Alan for, um, for me and our, our time there, um, ours was a little less structured than um, when you were there doing mm-hmm. intern camp, whatever it right. was. <clears throat> and so um, I just remember I, was, I, I admired the, um, the man's discipline throughout everything everything had a purpose for jesus mm-hmm. um but he was also a man's man and yeah. and that spoke something to me too it was like um you know he he in a very lovingly endearing way I, honestly i remember us uh alan had to leave and he put us in charge of milking the goats <laughs> and stuff but i remember us having some deep conversations like does he like us? Yeah, and I I say that because it was like not a tough love, but he just just yeah. who he is, and and then he came back with his family, and I remember his wife being like, "You're the boys. He just loves you," and we're like, "Oh, thank oh, God." Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I just remember looking up to this man, um, who I didn't know very well, um, because he was doing stuff for the kingdom that, yeah. um, I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing a, seeing somebody lived out, like having a lived out life um, for the Lord. Um, and then in another country, like he, uh, Alan Owens, you can tell by the name, is a white man living in Mexico mm-hmm. um, doing missions. And so it was just like, okay, this mm-hmm. is possible. And yeah. uh, he basically set the standard um, at another level. And I was like, okay, here yeah. we go.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Big time. He, he, he raised the bar. In a lot of ways, there's there's been a few there's been several men in our lives that have poured into us and discipled us that all three of us that we've been forever impacted by. Another guy that you we you cannot talk about how we've gotten here today without. And I'll just I'll say Daniel the Mexican is what I'll (laughs) call him. I'll just leave it at that. But he's a missionary, basically lives in Mexico who who poured into us um, and and who is just we. Everything we've learned um, has has probably, arguably, ninety percent has come from him, yeah. and and his discipleship, um, arguably speaking. Yeah. You could even say, um, and th- this might be fighting words, but I believe it's true. But there's there's even ministries out there that ninety percent of their content is causing growth and like and kingdom building and discipleship like crazy and that's all this guy's training and teaching wow. and they don't even realize it came from Daniel the Mexican yeah <laughs> but this, this is my opinion people can argue against that if, if they feel but but I I believe that's true yeah it's it it came from him yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah. and so uh, so Sean you radically save you you uh, instantly are getting involved in missions like on your own, there, there's no structure. You're just willing to trust God with that, yeah. and then we get to this place called Sam Houston State. And so, uh, what are you think? Just the most vital lessons going through college and getting in this Kai Alpha world. And I, I want to. This is what I want to hear from you. From is is Kai a tool, but what the business we're in and the fight that we're in is the kingdom. Yeah, we're we're advancing the kingdom of God. What are the most important, vital things um, that you've taken from our training and from from your time at Sam Houston that still applies to you today as as a missionary? Wow, that's a great
1: question. Yeah. Um, I had no no problem, I think, before Sam Houston of preaching the gospel, Mm -hmm. um, like Mark 16 says. But go and make disciples of all nations was a new thing. And when I... I remember first seeing people go build a small group, and I'm going, oh, my God, I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what it was in my heart, but I was just like, I felt so, like, incapable of doing that. But I remember sitting in some of those first Chi Alpha services just crying my eyes out because I was saw a huge room of people that were just sold out for God, and also this, like, willingness to love, literally love the hell out of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm all in. I'm all in for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that, like how to actually love and care for other souls like that and really love them, like no matter what, and to go reach out to them and to bring them into a small group in discipleship was just something that's always really r- stuck out to me, but even stuck with me. So um, I would say that's the biggest thing was I really learned what discipleship really meant when I went there. Yeah. And that was... That was a huge deal, and I have lifelong friends um, because of that, too, that I'm just thinking of right now that are all over the world, Mm. and then what God's done in us, He wants to do through us was a huge thing, too, Yeah. was what God's done in your life, He wants to do through your life, so just thinking of you guys and Dana the Mexican, things like that, the guys that you guys poured into me was the same way I saw that the Lord wanted to do through my life, too, and that just opened up plenty of avenues of... More of that,
0: and and your life already. I mean, you've become a campus pastor, but just aside, as putting the position aside, you've your walk with Jesus has impacted hundreds and hundreds of people. There's no doubt about it. I've seen it, and I, I know it's true. <laughs> um, and so uh, we, yeah, we we picked up those convictions, but then something tricky happens. Now we've been best friends for years, and we have been lucky enough and fortunate enough to be in the same vicinity and ministry and even the same geographical region of Texas. You know, yeah. praise the Lord, we love South Texas. It's awesome. South, South, South Texas. Yes. It's the best ever. <laughs> the deep South. Yeah, we love it. Um, but Sean, you, um, like all of us, <clears throat> had to leave family and friends to go to your mission field. Mm-hmm. Now we, like friendship's a big deal, but let's talk about that. Yeah. of how like we don't see each other every day. Right. Like we if I could choose to to be to be in the same town as you guys for the rest of my life that'd be I would that be awesome. But some the gospel demands um a response. Us, a response. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that Sean, we you you left family to be a campus pastor to plant a ministry in Kingsville, Texas where you lead and y'all you've got a thriving ministry where the Lord is moving. Um, I, I want to just hear about that sacrifice and that that saying bye to family and friends so that we can make new friends, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good question. The first thought that comes to
1: mind when it comes to family was my family, my parents especially, always knew that um, I was going to listen to whatever God was saying and His speaking voice and how He was leading. But at the same time, I always honored, mm-hmm. I incredibly honored my my mom and dad, or I said incredibly, what's the word? Like I willingly, whatever you sure. want to put there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to honor my father and mother through it too. So um, when it, I, I remember telling my dad I was going to do the internship with Chi and I was like uh, really nervous. Um, my parents had the reverse responses. My mom was really upset. I thought she would be happy. And I thought my dad was going to disown me. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah. But
1: instead he goes, Oh, I thought you were going to go on the other side of the world or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, oh,
1: okay. You're not going far away. Now, I (laughs) thought that I was going to end up living in a tent in the desert on the other side of the world. Like, I thought, man, missions overseas hardcore. Like, when Michaela and I were dating, she's like, oh, great. I'm going to live in a tent the rest of my (laughs) life. Like, she was nervous about overseas missions. I thought that's where I was going to go. So, to do Kaiafa, like, in the United States, to me, didn't seem like much of a sacrifice as, like, but then you read things like it's not about crossing the seats, it's about seeing the cross. Yeah. And when it, I, I read this book called Eternity of Their Hearts by Don Richardson. Come on. And it did the opposite re- uh, effect to me. It was all about overseas missions, but instead I started thinking about, like, are there unreached people groups in the U.S. too? And I know that sounds silly. You're like, there's churches everywhere. Sure. Um, but we're talking about, like, people that even there haven't heard the gospel or grew up, like, hearing it but not really understanding it. Right. And so I was like, absolutely. And so um and I got married and the Lord obviously like led us towards Kyle from the States and we're thinking like far away, man. Northeast, northwest, like hardcore, huge campus, Mm -hmm. like yeah. And uh we're like Lord we'll go anywhere for you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we get a call from Eli Gotro, hey are you willing to pray about Kingsville? Mm -hmm. And I was like (laughs) Where (laughs) Texas? Yeah he's like yeah, it's like four hours south of here, five hours south. And I'm like, oh, my God, south Texas, like even <laughs> more south. And I'm thinking, and Michaela, too, is like, oh, my God, that's not what we were thinking. But, again, I think it's always a great place to be where you're like, Lord, I'm willing to go anywhere for yeah. you. Like, And that's always how I've lived my life, right? my my Christian life, mm-hmm. is God, wherever you're sending me, I'll go. According to your voice, let your will be done, not my own. Yeah. And so Michaela and I began to pray in that same uh, heart posture. Uh, we didn't think we were qualified to Pioneer. I remember going to see Eli Stewart. And we, we were going to go join a team. And uh, we just kept getting a no from the Lord. Right. And he goes, have you thought about Pioneer? And I said, no. And he goes, well, why? Because the Lord hasn't asked you to. You think you're not capable. I said, "Well, I'm, well I'm di- we're not capable," and he goes, "What's well, silly to think the Lord can't do that through your Ooh. life?" And I was like, "Oh man, oh, okay." Man. So we get, began to pray about that. So when it came to Kingsville, we were like, "Yes, Lord, we'll go pray. Uh, you know, yeah. pray on it and go prayer walk the campus." Yeah. And when we walked that campus, I remember praying and asking the Lord three times, "Do you want us here? Do you want us here?" And the third time, He said, "If you're willing," mm-hmm. and that was it. I mean, when He when I we heard that, "If you're willing to go," it was like. Oh yeah, we packed our bags, and six months later, we were in Kingsville. So That's awesome,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord's moved in Kingsville, and you and you've and the Lord's given you more friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. like priceless friends. And if it wasn't for leaving old friends in Huntsville and even family, like you wouldn't have met the new the new friends, which I think is a huge part of the mission. Well, dude, yeah. when when
1: Daniel the Mexican looked mm-hmm. at all three of us and he said. Sean, Dana, Daniel, if this, what you have stays with you, you've failed. And I remember our faces, we were like... Okay, what, what does that mean? What does he mean by that? He, he says, if you can't recreate with you what you have here, then hmm. you failed. And basically right. what he was explaining about was discipleship. Yep. Like right. what God does and he wants to do through you. Like what you've experienced with Jesus and the richness of, of this right here hmm. is meant to be shared too. With other people, and so yeah, I think of immediately think of Preston Ulrich and yeah. Matt Solis and, and Zach Dehaven, guys like that who have just been, um, you know, brothers like this has yeah. been here, and
0: yeah, yeah, huge deal. If if what God's done in you, wants to do through you, means whatever you have suffered through, whatever you've struggled through, those are m- m- merely tools in the Holy Spirit's belt to to use you to help another person that might be dealing with that same thing so like you know um if you've gone through divorce or your parents divorce when you're a kid or something that's like that can either wreck your life or you can see that is like i know what this experience is like and i can help other people that that have gone through the same thing and and how the lord got me through it yeah right um, so, Dane, you are in a, in a really fun stage right now because you're mm-hmm. fixing to, to pioneer and, and plant and to become a campus pastor and plant uh, a, a move of God, a ministry on another campus. So so kind of walk us through that a little bit. You, you've you gone from church kid to college student to teacher to overseas in Nepal, mm-hmm. even for, for a season. And so, um, so, yeah, I'll ask you this first, and then I'll have a follow-up question. Cool um, how did you get to where you are right now?
2: Oh man. Um, walking in obedience <laughs> yeah. to the Lord is, is really just it. Um, <clears throat> when Brittany and I got married, um, we were still in college and about a month in where, um, we were asked to pray about, um, pray for unreached people groups. And so, um, naturally we, we did, and it was awesome. We were, we were asked to give a tithe of our time, so about two and a half hours a day. And we were like, what a way to start a marriage. You know, we're like a, a month married, and we're getting up at like five in the morning mm. and spending about an hour and a half together just praying. And um, so lo and behold, you know, we're praying for a month. Lord, send somebody. Send somebody to these people. Yeah. And then um, at one of uh, one of the services we were at, they, um, they explained what unreached meant. I didn't even know what it meant. Um, but it means, like, in any given person's lifetime in an unreached place, they'll never hear the gospel. Mm. Well, not once, not even be presented with it. And um, mm. so I'm up at the altar just giving my life, like, Lord, take it. And then I'm like, no, wait, I'm married. I need to ask my wife because <laughs> this is new. Yes. And um, anybody who's married understands that, like, you're the two become one, and you have to learn and, and communicate. And <laughs> so <laughs> I look up, and my wife's five feet to my left, and I'm like, okay the Lord's doing something. So, um, <clears throat> we, you know, we're just ordered, um, we were obedient. I was, um, in the meantime, like we, um, so yeah, long story short, we, um, we took time, we left, um, college campus, um, uh, to work so that we could go, um, so that it worked to support race to go. And so, uh, you know, it's a journey and it's a process, but, uh, we actually did get to go uh, halfway across the world and live in tents. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Sean's like, oh, man, like I was ready to. And I was like, well, we did Yeah, <laughs> and there and back again, just like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, you know, we had the adventure of our lifetime. We had um, uh, terrible things happen while we're in Nepal. We went through some massive earthquakes and um, saw some real things happen and just uh, – um, Came came back to the U.S. after our term there to to have our second our second child Noble, and uh, while we were uh, while we were here we were going to give a year to the CMIT Campish Missionary and Training mm-hmm. Program, back at Sam Houston. And So um, just to give to the Lord, um, and that was l- less of um, being obedient and more just like Lord, we need a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we were praying about going back overseas and um, just taking a year to, to breathe, to, to rest, and just be back um, kind of at our roots. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Houston was, um, to use the Lord of the Rings analogy, we always called it our, our Rivendale. It's really yeah. not anymore, yeah. but uh, like right. I'd say, but, but at the time it, did, it was It like, was that, w- yeah, when it was the time. Yeah. When it was the time for it. And so we, we came back and we got to rest, and it was wonderful. And, um, and then, yeah, Daniel asks, asks, uh, he calls us up and asks like, Hey, come be on staff in the valley. And, um, I tell people this straight up because we were, um, I w- we were ready to say no, um, but I didn't want to be a liar because I said I was going to pray about it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so you don't lie and tell somebody you're going to pray and yeah. not pray. So um, didn't
0: I ask you like the, when you, f- like the first day of your internship or something like that, you, <laughs> you, broke some serious yeah, rules.
2: Yeah. You, you did, you <laughs> talked to us and you said, so it wasn't even that we didn't know it was coming. It was, um, yeah. it was just, we hadn't heard anything yeah. like from the Lord. So we're not, you know, we're sure. not going to say yes. So we. We continued to pray, and um, we had a time limit of like a month, which for Daniel was very long uh, yeah. to wait, and for us it was very short. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, just given life, and so um, so we prayed and um, just being obedient to the Lord. The Lord spoke, said um, specifically, said, um, "I know you have a heart to reach the nations. Um, go to the valley and serve, and we'll reach the nations together." Wow, yeah. and Come that's on. it's powerful because mm-hmm. um, I that we, I don't think anything else would have gotten us out the door to come. (laughs) Wow. But um, just speaking into, um, you know, like uh, discipling and being faithful and see what the Lord can do. Right. And again, what Sean was talking about, about just open hands. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, we moved here and then...
0: And you even were running our missions department for two years or so and, and deeply, yeah, impacted... The, the missions in the Rio Grande Valley there there wasn't many mission m- mission trips out of the valley at all yeah and and so so Sean let's say let, I, I'd like to get to this question there's a college student who's passionate about Jesus wants to serve the Lord but is just struggling to hear the voice of God like d- lord do i um become a missionary do i work at a church like How how did you hear the voice of God that said like this place, this time, and it's the right time and and how would you encourage someone that might have a heart but just know really direction of where they should go?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good question. I mean, the first things that come to mind is we can we can hear from God through reading scripture through in our conscience, sometimes audibly, and then through our friends, too. And so um, that's that's the biggest encouragement, I think. I, I think with that book right there, the Bible, mm-hmm. the inspired Word of God, I think everybody should read uh, who wants to know Jesus. Uh, there was a good saying that's kind of stuck with me my whole Christian life is that I don't want to know the book of the Lord. I want to know the Lord of the book. Yeah, okay. And wow. was always hungry to know God. So I mean, reading scripture and like getting to know Jesus through that, I think is a great way to to hear more clearly and of, of course in prayer. But um, I just think that every decision I've ever made or done, I, I call it decision, like if it, as if it was mine, but it was always yeah. like the Lord's decision. It was like, I, I wouldn't move unless I, I knew a hundred percent I heard from him. Right. But it's also interesting that Paul's first like 10 years of ministry, the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm there was men elders of the church friends around him that would pray in discernment of where the lord was sending them to go
0: interesting wow. and it
1: wasn't until after those 10 years that he'd say the spirit's leading me here things like that wow but it was a collective like coming together so you see this like discernment of the voice of god in fellowship yeah which has also been a wow. huge deal right? right i mean i think about like even when it comes to Michaela my wife and even before dating her, I'm asking you, I'm asking yeah. you, yeah. I'm asking you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, but collectively together, I mean, those are big life decisions. But even when it comes to like making those decisions, there's always been such a fellowship in hearing the voice of God, too, together. So,
0: Dude, that's a big deal. Because where two or more t- are gathered together, there mm-hmm. I am, right? Yeah. And Dane just told us a story. How he spoke the Lord spoke to you about something extreme. Nepal is not a hop and a skip away. Right. And you're married, and we don't live lives that's that's like, you know, no healthy marriage is 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 essentially someone's your slave and you like I don't care about your opinion, you you do what I say. You yeah. know, that's not healthy, obviously. But you knew in your heart the Lord's gotta speak to Brittany. And in the fellowship of your marriage, the Lord speaks there. So that's mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. And so what I'm hearing you say, Sean, is is that um, if if I'm struggling to hear the voice of God, and I and I know I need to hear Him, maybe right now in my life, um, I, I I should be absolutely expecting the voice of the Lord to also speak through the people that are in my life that love me and trust, and that I trust, and, and because the Lord speaks through fellowship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When there's that tight, close-knit bond, I mean, East Ailey Jones says, every cord that binds me to Christ binds me to my brother also, and I can't break one without breaking the other. Yeah. When there's that going on, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, Dane, there's a lot of people that would say, like, they've got friends, but we're talking about something different here. Right. I was talking to someone... um uh, like maybe a few months ago and, and they're like, yeah, you know, like I know Dane and he's your friend and I know Brian Piscini, he's your friend too. And I, I, I interrupted and said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> they're not my friends. These guys are my brothers. Yes. Dane, what is the difference between those two things?
2: Um a really dumb um going back to church kid yeah. isms, a really dumb <laughs> church kid ism I heard was what is fellowship? It's a bunch of a bunch of fellows on a ship. Yeah. It's the most <laughs> retarded thing I've ever heard yeah. in my entire life. <laughs> um yeah, I I mean fellowship, um it it's it's brotherhood, um, sisterhood, and there's there's just these um these Really unbreakable bonds. Um, I I often think about like our friendships because we're we're I mean Daniel and I are in the same proximity. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you Jesus and Mm -hmm. uh, for the time being, you know until we move. But um, but I I just I I I look back through the years and I'm like, what's what's kept us together? And ultimately it it comes down to Christ. Yes, like we we talk about we use the term integration point. Um, the where where everything comes together, um, Jesus is the center of that in our lives, and because of that, we're actually even growing um, closer together in the midst of our absence, um, because right. we're growing closer to the, the Father. Yes. And, and <laughs> it's, yes, it's powerful. But um, so yeah, I th- I think of those things. Um, one thing, if if you don't mind, I like I I'm, yeah. I'm reminded of a scripture. And this is actually um, when I think of friendship, I always I immediately go to um, like David and Jonathan in the Old Testament, and they were just um, they they were just close. Uh, I mean, there's uh, there's there's another scripture that um, just talks about their um, their their souls being close together, and it's just powerful. Um, And but this is actually a story of um, Jonathan and his armor bearer are, um, are about to go into battle. And I just, I love battle analogies because mm. um, scripture's powerful. So they're like about to go into battle. And this is um, uh, 1 Samuel 14, verse seven. Um, and the, uh, this is, um, Jonathan's like, come on, the Lord's given us um, the Philistines. We can take them. Let's do it. And um, his armor bearer, who's carrying all of his equipment uh, for him, says, do whatever seems best to you. Um, and he, he says, for I'm with you heart and soul. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, and this is the same Jonathan that, um, one, you know, won David's heart, who was a man after God's own heart. And I'm just thinking yeah. like, there's no surprise to me yeah. that Jonathan had another friendship with, um, uh, somebody who yeah. was supposed to be serving him like as a servant, but served him willingly and said, I'll go with you. Yeah. I'm with you heart and soul. Yes. so powerful.
0: I think history has got a lot to do with it. Like, you build history with people. You can't erase that. Yeah. Like, even if we don't have a lot of future together, mm-hmm. you can't erase history. You just can't. Yeah. You can't take away those stories. And and the friends and, and the impact of the lives that you, Sean, have made in Kingsville, that's like – that's that's awesome. There's You're creating new stories. And I just remember – The thing that, like, I've had, we've had lots of friends, but what made this unique with us was we just knew everything about each other, right? Like, we just talked about everything and there wasn't secrets. And I remember Sean, like, coming home or I'm coming home late from, like, whatever, and I'm, like, just struggling or crying because of something. Yeah. And, and you guys are there. Yeah. And that, that's like, just the difference between friends and brothers to me is is a Grand Canyon, and it's almost impossible to describe it in today's culture, mm-hmm. yeah. because relationships are just so shallow, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes me think too of Proverbs
1: seventeen seventeen. It says, uh, I think of a, a friend loves at all times, but a a brother is born for adversity. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've been through some stuff together, yeah. but it's that real honesty, and it's that real just like living actual life together that and but also what you I love what you pointed out if you think of common interests I mean the first time I watched you guys shoot a basketball, I thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> I it was wasn't. like, "Are you you serious? That that went over the goal?" Yeah, I like missed the backboard. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Not yeah. intentional." No way. And it was it was real. And I mean, and we were trying. It, we were actually trying. Yeah. And the shows you watch. I mean, I liked football. Watching football, and you guys hated watching football. Yeah. I mean, so if you go by common interests, we did not have a yeah. whole lot in common. But with Jesus as as the center, mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. always been the center of our friendship, and that's been the tightest bond you could have. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, we've gone places together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We've gone all over the place together yeah. and just, like you said, memories that will never be wiped out
0: that we've, we always will cherish. And it's yeah. just going to continue. It's like that Psalm, like there there's, there's all these things, but then there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother mm-hmm. and the best friend that we've ever had in, in our entire lives is, is Jesus mm-hmm. is the best friend and he's a real friend and and that that verse it it always terrifies me and and just fills me with awe when Jesus could have called us slaves. Yeah. He could have called us um, subjects. He could have called us anything. He said, "I no longer call you servants. I've called you friends." And so, uh, just in the last few minutes here, um, what what do you what would you guys say to? listeners who are um, struggling or that might not um, feel like this just walk with God has just been a struggle and, and they don't feel that French, that tight, close friendship with Jesus. I, I believe it's so utterly important in, in our culture, in our time today, that we learn how to be friends with God again. Yes, yes. And so... Um, what would you say to what would you say to those people, Sean? Like what what how do you be friends with God? And it's not just this ritual thing. It's not just this go you know, it but an actual walking, loving relationship day to day.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's good. Well, you have to make sure you pray five times a day, <laughs> not four or six five. Facing <laughs> Jerusalem. Follow this formula and this yeah. pattern. No. <laughs> no. I my life text. Um and this kind of sums up like my whole walk with Jesus. And, you know, people would ask me for years, what's your favorite verse? And I'm like, the whole thing's good. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, how many times you read about I don't know, you know, but I finally found it. I think it was last year and it was Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. And it just summed up everything for me. It just jumped out and I was like, oh my God, that's you. And it says, if you're, if you're wise, don't glory in your wisdom. If you're rich, don't glory in your riches. And if you're strong, don't glory in your strength. But if you're going to glory in anything, glory in this, mm-hmm. that you understand me and know me, says the Lord, who executes righteousness, judgment, and loving kindness throughout the earth. Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, that's it. Yeah. Like ever since that first day of opening up the Bible, my heart wanted to know God and to understand who He was. Yeah. And that's that sums up my whole journey and walk with Jesus is I'm simply want to know more of who God is. And I mean think about that. God wants to be known and He wants to be understood. And so that just like I was like, Yes, that's it. That's you. And that's been my heart with with obviously wanting to share Jesus is because there's people out there that that need to know who Jesus really is. And to know that God wants to be known and understood. The other thing that comes to mind, too, is that uh, there's a really good essay by Borum uh, called The Instinct of the Circumference. And he says Christianity is a religion of the circumference, okay, yeah. not a religion of the center. Yeah, Early on in Genesis, he tells us the Israelites to scatter, yeah. and instead they build a city. Right, They stay within. And he goes, and a few chapters later, he tells them to scatter again, and instead they build the Tower of Babel. Uh-huh. And then he asks... So,
0: and then they, the wording they used is, so that we don't have to scatter ourselves. It's yeah. the direct opposite mm-hmm. from what the Lord had asked them to do. It was direct yeah. rebellion. Yeah,
1: because yeah, his whole heart <laughs> is for the whole world, yes. for all mankind. Right. And then he's, he asks this question, why did Jesus have to go and return to the Father and promise the Holy Spirit would come? Why did he have to leave? And I was like, that's a great question. He says, because if Jesus would have stayed, it would have became a religion of the center. Everybody would have flocked to him and forgot about the rest of the world. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. Wow. But think about COVID, what this year's done to us, mm-hmm. is what I've noticed, even in my own heart though, over the course of this year, is we are sometimes so quick to look inward and forget to look outward yeah. at him. Yeah. And we, we become so like... Just focused on fixing ourselves or me, and we forget to look at the souls around us that need Jesus, and we forget to look at our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think those two things are just monumental. Yeah. <sighs> it's
0: good, man. The Lord had one son, and He made that son a missionary. Mm-hmm. And so, it's been the privilege of my life to serve the Lord, um, the King of Kings, and it's been um, the journey of a lifetime. I've, I just feel the, what the Lord has just shown me in my life. I feel I just feel like it's been an a, an adventure fit for multiple lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that is made sweeter, all of that is made brighter and more joy filled when you get to walk with Jesus and see the the spark and the glint in His eye through friends. As you go on. Yeah. And you guys have just been um, just incredible, wonderful, trustworthy, godly friends that have always pushed me towards Jesus. We could have just been frat guys. (laughs) But but what a waste. Right. What a colossal waste, because um, because the the kingdom of God is at stake. Yes. Yeah. Souls are at stake. It's a real battle. Yeah. And um, I really I really love you guys and admire you both. Mm-hmm. Likewise, um, Yeah. Um, so if you're listening tonight and you're whatever you might be going through, I, I think just something that's really good for us to kind of zero in on is um, friendship with God is 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 not just a a, a thing you can try. It's the answer. Yeah. Friendship with Jesus. And he is wanting to be that close of a friend. He's wanting to be that near, where you talk and walk with each other every single day, friends with the Holy Spirit. And I read books by these guys; they're just so godly, and they challenge me. They wake up in the morning, they say, "Good morning, Holy Spirit," because they're—he's his best, their best friend. Yeah. And and um, that's that's the the answer. And and if you're stuck or lost in your life, you know, um, or in direction of where you might be going, um, the the godly brothers you have around you the godly sisters you have around you the lord speaks through that Mm -hmm. yeah you know and i think that's a huge 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 deal dan you want to close any anything you want to add if if you got it um no i didn't know if
2: we if we were going to answer any questions if questions were being had
0: that's right Um, oh yeah i
2: did see yeah
0: we do have some questions online um from from our buddy Jeremiah, good brother of ours. Dane is the so you've read this right, Dane? I did. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Dane is the calling to join a team different from leading a team, and how so? This is good. Yeah, we got time, okay.
2: um, uh, yeah, I was possibly not going to answer that one because it shifts to, but anyways, yeah. um, uh, lead or to join a team versus leading a team, I would actually say, no, to at the front end of that, <clears throat> I I do think there's a um uh, a thing that the Lord is um, asking Brittany and I as leaders that would that was different than when we were asked to join the team, but I think uh, you, uh, like specifically join down here in Edinburgh is what I'm thinking. But mm-hmm. I don't think um, the 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 question was any different. Is just will you follow me? Yeah. Yeah, and that's nothing's changed. I remember um, I led a trip to a short term short term trip, like a two week trip to India, and the Lord just started stirring something in me, and I'm like, Lord, are you asking us to go back overseas? And I remember I called Sean, hmm. and I was like, Hey, the the Lord, or maybe you called me, I can't remember, but it was when I was back, and I'm like, Man, I'm kind of going through this. Uh, and I might have even said then. I think the Lord's asking us um, to pioneer Chi Alpha. I can't remember if I said oh, that yeah. or yeah, yeah. And I, I was just so, like, yeah. "This is so weird because why? How do you get that call when you're in India? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. doesn't really make sense." But I I just remember um, feeling that out. And um, but ultimately, um, is is the call to join a team different than leading a team? No, it's just being obedient and going where the Lord's asked you. Now it might mean. Um, <clears throat> like we we came down to the valley to edinburgh specifically saying um until death do us part uh, or unless the lord says something right. um so we had no in- interest honestly to to go but then the lord says and starts stirring and you don't you you just you it's much better to go where the lord is asking you to go um than to um to be jonah <laughs> 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 and, or even like a semi-Jonah and just not move. Just sit on yeah. your duff and do nothing. Arguably, it's,
0: it's probably better to be hot rather than Luke yeah, warm, like, yeah. I'm going to Tarshish <laughs> instead. And then he's like, you're going to have to throw me off the boat, guys. Right. I'm yeah. sorry. That's, yeah. It's all my fault.
2: Versus <laughs> if he just sat on his duff, who knows? Right. Yeah. He might not have been near the water. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's good. That's funny.
0: Sean, I'll give you the last question, last last word of the day, um, since you're our wonderful guest. So Jeremiah asks, uh, what are the best ingredients for a great friend?
1: oh man yeah the best ingredients the first thing that comes to mind is jesus said this is how you know that you're my disciples for your love for one another mm-hmm. and when i first looked at that i thought of the you know the four greek words for love you know astorge um phileo eros and then the last agape, one agape. Yeah. and i thought that would be phileo love your brotherly love for each other it wasn't it was agape there was this unconditional, benevolent, like uttermost love and care for each other. And so I would absolutely say that is all that stuff you're saying with the, the honesty and the living life mm-hmm. and the sharing and the, the, all that stuff was all, it, it was all just like the, the main ingredient there was the love of Jesus and the love for one another. And there's nothing that can break that bond. Uh, yeah. You know, nothing that the devil wants to do can ever tear that apart yeah. of what God has done in our lives. And it's still continuing to do. So I would say that right, I mean, humility and all those other things too. But I think you could wrap that wrap into it all in yeah. the love for one another.
0: Yeah, Lo- if you A- love ga-fe. Jesus, love yeah, love uh, godly, unselfish choosing for the highest good of one another. Mm. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Sean, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, this man. has been fun. Super fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, we yeah we enjoy meeting. We call it Hospital for the Soul podcast, yeah. and so. Um we we thank you guys for joining us and for listening in. Um we we meet every Mondays at seven. It's Thanksgiving coming up. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Time it's what a wonderful time to be grateful when yeah. when the rest of the world is bitter. <laughs> 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 it's just choosing to be grateful for what God has given us. This is super, yeah. super important holiday i think so um uh, those y'all listening we love you guys thanks for joining us and have a happy happy thanksgiving we will see you guys later
1: yeah